Blog Talk Radio. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. Our show tonight is going to be basically conducted by John LeCron. I'll be adding a few things in here and there, but John will be running the show on this. But what we're going to be talking about is the nature of contracts and consent. Now, this is of interest particularly to me because in the guardianship issue, which is my cause of concern, people lose their legal capacity and their legal agency, meaning the right to their own identity and their right to contract in order in other words, in order to engage in business or any kind of daily back and forth between you and your finances. And so we're going to be, I want to hear what's going to be said about this. I want to remind everyone these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the new Whistleblowers Life. And we will be talking more about that as information becomes available. And as always, I say, you know, we we fully support Marcel and her efforts, and we will continue to do so. On another note, I have been queried quite a bit from people wanting to know if we were leaving Blog Talk and going to another station. We have been approached by several larger outfits, some some big commercial outfits, about coming onto their program and uh, we are not going to do it we're staying on blog talk i'm not going to be told what i can talk about what i can say or what i think about anything this is the reason we stay here because we have an open honest conversation we don't pull any punches and if somebody doesn't like it all you have to do is tune out simple as that but um i say i'm not going to be censored or controlled we will talk about what we want to talk about the way we want to talk about it uh, lastly, I've had several people approaching me about, uh, send, send me your data. If you got data to prove that the virus doesn't exist, I want you to send it to me. I got one for you. If you've got data that proves it does exist, send that to me because you're the only – and I'll make sure that information gets out. Prove that the PCR test is no good. Okay. CDC said it is, and it gives a 90% false positive. Yet we keep using it. Why is that? That test is no good. The man who invented it, who just serendipitously died, even made a YouTube video about the fact that this was not constructed to detect virus. It cannot. So think about that the next time you let somebody swab up into your brain with one of those sticks. And why you would sit still and let somebody do that, I just don't know. I won't, I haven't, I don't, and I won't. Anyway, all of that aside, like I say, we're going to be talking about the nature of contracts and con- consent. So joining me now is John LeCron. And John, take it away. Good evening, Marty. Always a pleasure to join you here on Blog Talk. And I'm so happy to hear that you're not planning on going anywhere. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind you, if you look back at the years upon years upon years of information that Marty has provided, the guests that she's had on, all of the stuff, the whistleblowing, all of the information that you were given long in advance of it actually coming to being commonly recognized knowledge, um, that would, of course, all be gone about the time that Marty decided to leave blog talk because, again, there's an expense associated with this, doing what she does, aside from the fact that being labeled a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist or terrorist or however else the U.S. Inc. wants to identify her and all of her guests who are busy exposing all of this corruption. So, um, again, just let me remind everybody, um, if you have a few spare dollars, go ahead and go to PPJ1 or go to uh, – um, let me see. I'll think about it in a second. Anyway, send some money to Marty to PPJ1 at Hush.com, PPJ1 at Hush.com. Just go on over there and uh, do that via – oh, come on, John, think – Get back on something else. All right. Anyway, what Marty was talking about a minute ago, the word child in legalese means ward of the state. And it doesn't matter if you are sitting there and looking at the world as a full-grown adult. You are still considered to be a ward of the state. Why? Because you have... Put your faith and your trust in a contract, even though you're not aware of it, when you accept the quote-unquote benefits. Now, Marty and I have gone into great detail about discussing how the contracts have been hidden when you go out and get your birth certificate and you get your driver's licenses. You fill out your voter registration card where you sit there and you sign off some of your quote-unquote paycheck to you know the IRS. All of these things are hidden contracts where they just made you an offer and you accepted it. Now, did they tell you that you had the opportunity to reject it? No, because if you choose to reject it, what happens is bad things happen to you. They play silly little games. They do certain things. They make your life very difficult and very complicated. And, you know, a majority of people are those that will simply go along to get along, even though that they realize that it's all sitting here pillaging them. This is the problem. This is where we're at in our society because we've been henpecked so much and we've been built to basically be these slaves to these people that we do not ever even consider the facts that, wait a minute, there is a different way of looking at the world? You mean to tell me that I've been living a world in which everything that I believe is a lie? So when Marty and I come in here and start explaining how the world really works and how the system <clears throat> works and how the contracts use a foreign language in the courts of this thing called legalese, how all of this is relevant Every bit of it is a little bit of that armor of indoctrination gets chipped away. And what is starting to happen now, folks, is too many people like Marty and me have been successfully 
breaking free some of the psychological programming. And more and more people are waking up to the actual agenda. So in order to comprehend the nature of the beast, we're going to talk contracts today because, you know, I've talked about it before here on the show. A contract happens, you're doing hundreds of contracts on a day, and I'm not even talking with U.S. Inc. You sit there and you have a contract with a friend. Hey, we're going to go to coffee and sit down and have a conversation. That's a contract offer and acceptance. Okay, and if the friend says, well, sorry, I can't make it tonight, well, that's okay. Why don't we do it next week? Well, that's a counteroffer to a contract offer. This is the nature of our existence. But again, they don't teach the average man or woman on the street about contracts. You know, that's something, oh, just you have to be in business school for that or something along those lines. No, ladies and gentlemen, you do it every day. When you go out on a date, that's a contract. When you sit there and you uh, go out to dinner, that's a contract. You've got thousands and thousands of contracts that you perform in any given week, and you don't look at them as being that because it never occurs to you. But when you take a step back and you actually analyze it, you realize your entire world is surrounded in contracts. And this is, again, why we sit here and we explain the way that contracts work from the perspective of what a legitimate contract is, and I'll discuss that in a minute, versus the contracts that are hidden, which is this crime syndicate's version. But in all, it is a contract. What do they say about communities? Oh, you're in a social contract with your community. And what do they call you? They call you a black sheep if you're not one of these conformists. When you sit there and simply say, you know what? I'm not going to be a lemming jumping off of a doggone side of a um, hill. It's going to be different. I think differently. I act differently. Now, you know, they told us growing up that we're supposed to go along and get along and try to, you know, work with people and we can agree to disagree and that's all fine. The problem is, is the propaganda is in turn being used and redirected to form us into little groups and camps. And that is, again, another form of a contract to go against other people who have a different perspective on contracts. And when it's all over said and done with, we're all fighting amongst each other and sitting, sitting down and saying, okay, we have to look at some very basic things that we can agree on, and that's where we'll stay. And you've heard me and you've heard Marty say it again and again. What is law? Very simple. Three little words, eight little letters. Do no harm. Now, that's a contract. I can't figure out why anybody would have a problem with that contract other than psychopaths and lunatics. And believe me, there's a bunch of them running around right now, and we'll get into that in a minute. But the problem we have is we have not broken it down to the smallest denominator. And then from that small denominator, that one focal point that everybody can agree on, then we can start to build on that. We say, well, we just want to be left alone. We don't want to be extorted from. We don't want to be harassed. We don't want people sitting here acting like dictators and mandating things and doing all these other things. 
We just want to live in peace. Live in peace is another good contract. But again, if you sit there and you say, well, I'm not doing any of these contracts. I'm not over here declaring war on Russia or wherever they're trying to take us this next round. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're busy voting for your slave masters, that's exactly what you're doing because you're turning your will over to a select group of people who in turn are bought and paid for, who in turn will make decisions for their owners. Ladies and gentlemen, even if one of your, you're one of their big supporters of whichever political dictatorship you want to be party to, and they're all corporations, by the way, it doesn't matter because they only want to hear from you every two, four, or six years. Yet at the same time, you know, they may kowtow in the media, but you've heard Marty say it a million times. Don't sit there and tell me what you're doing and do something different because this is, you know, we're so used to politicians are lying. You know, that's the big joke going back to the eighties. How do you know a politician is lying? His lips are moving. The days of there being what we call statesmen, people that are there with the right intentions for the right purposes. And, um, I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head, but I remember one of the, original founders of the country was running for Congress or one of the more important people in our path. I believe it was in the early to mid 1800s that he was there and he was a congressman and there had been a um, school or something that had burned to the ground and there was all of this pressure to pay for the school to be rebuilt for these orphans that I believe it was orphanage. Um, And he, of course, voted in favor of that. Now, this was back in the day where you actually went around and talked to everybody that was in your area and community and that kind of stuff. And he come up to this farmer and he's sitting there talking to the farmer and the farmer says, you know, I voted for you last time, but I'm not going to do it for you this time. And uh, so he asked the question, why? He says, uh, okay, what did I do that upset you? And the guy says, you voted in favor of giving money to this thing. And, you know, this flabbergasted him. He says, well, there was so much, you know, what do you have a problem with that? He says, because it came out of the government's coffers, which was the taxpayer's. In other words, it was something that was not authorized by the Constitution. It was a private thing. It was private. You know, the farmer, I don't think, would have had a problem if he'd shown up and say, hey, I'm here collecting money to help rebuild this. Would you contribute 25 cents or 50 cents or whatever? And I'm sure the farmer would have been more than happy to reach into his pocket and do just that. But that's not what happened. And this politician at the time realized, oops, I made a mistake. And I can't remember if he got reelected or not, but he told the story and it impacted his decision making. You look at the politicians now and it's all special interests. All of it. Okay. So going back to when we're talking about contracts. 
a contract that is valid will have four things, and Marty and I have talked about it multiple times. Full disclosure, it means everybody knows everything about the contract. In other words, there's nothing hidden. There's no you know, really tiny lettering anywhere. It's all very clearly laid out in a contract with nothing hidden. Everything's there. Number two, the meeting of the minds. That means every party to the contract is in full agreement to everything that's in the contract. If there's something in there one of the parties doesn't like, well, until it gets corrected, then there is no contract. Third, mutual consideration. Everybody gets something out of the contract. Everybody has something out of it. It's not one-sided contract. And last is the autographs or the signatures of all contracting parties. Okay, Now, that's a legitimate contract. The problem is we don't have legitimate contracts when it comes to U.S. Inc. or the states or the counties or the cities or all that. No, it's all hidden. And I was doing a radio show, and there was an attorney on, and I was talking about contracts and discussing those four. And he says, I'm going to disagree with you when I asked him, you know, what is your definition of a contract? He said, offer and acceptance. And when he said that, it was like a neon sign went off in my mind. That's how they're getting away with it. Offer and acceptance. Now, the way I like to explain offer and acceptance is simple. If I was to make an offer to Marty of a million dollars, she would be more than happy. And no, Marty, this isn't a threat to you, dear. So don't take it personal. And she was all excited and, and happy about it. But you see, I didn't tell her the terms of the contract. I give her the million dollars, then I beat her up. And I take my million dollars back and anything else that she's got. Now, would Marty still be excited about the terms of the contract? Of course not. Of course not. But this is exactly what they're doing to us. When I say we've been press-ganged into a corporation, or in this case, multiple corporations and subcorporations and everything else, that's the whole problem. Because, again… Contracting is simple. Now, you don't have to – If you, those of us that are old enough remember when multimillion-dollar contracts were done with eye-to-eye contacts and a handshake. That's when a man's word or a woman's meant something. That's when it meant something. Today, now you've got to have an army of attorneys just to do a simple sentence. And trust me, if you cannot read legalese, you really don't even want the attorneys involved because I'm here to tell you. You'll be reading that contract and thinking, okay, this is, sounds good, sounds good, sounds good. And when you read it through the eyes of somebody who has the knowledge how to read legalese, 
all of a sudden you go, you've got to be kidding me. Oh, there's no way in hell I'd put up with this. Oh, I don't think so. You know, that kind of mentality. But again, this is how they perpetuate the fraud to the form of a foreign language. And they'll even tell you that you need a foreign language interpreter, which is code for hiring an attorney, by the way. Because it is a foreign language, and there's been several videos I've shared over the years where an attorney or a judge, or a clerk masquerading as a judge, I should say, will remind people that it's a foreign language called legalese. And this is incredibly important because everything that we think about in contracts, when it's based on a fraudulent action is void at its inception. And this is where we've had this breakdown in our society. Because you have good people with good intentions who would be more than happy to contract morally and ethically being screwed over by people with all of the wrong intentions. So when we think contracts, we have to be astute enough to realize the degree of the contract, what is the terms of the contract, and here's the most important thing, whether we're willing to suffer under a contract that is not in our best interest. Contracting is a right. You have the right to contract unlimited, okay? And I've talked about this on Marty's show. They will tell you, you have the right to unlimited contract. That includes the right to enslave yourself, do all this other stuff. And again, you have to have that right. And I've said before, I don't care if you're a slave. I really don't. If you want to be a slave, more power to you. Just don't try to bring me into your slave system. But I think the people need to be aware of the fact that they've been enslaved under the color of law. And again, that's the difference between the law, do no harm, and color of law, anything that does anything other than do no harm. Because you know as well as I do, anything coming out of these corporations masquerading as governments, and folks, you all know my definition of government, two Latin words, gouvernementi, that's where we get the word government and govern, it means to control the mind. When you're dealing with that little detail, they're there for one purpose only, to grow their trust, to grow their control, and to make sure that you're a good little slave to the corporations. They say that they're there for your benefit, and yeah, there's some benefits there. You can call getting killed off one of those wonderful benefits, but the problem is nobody is informed of how the world really works. You know, I spent my entire, almost my entire life studying, trying to figure out exactly what's happening. And it wasn't until I finally was forced to learn the legal side of the house that I was able to break through the entirety of how the system works. So when I say contracting is important, folks, I need that to really and truly sink in because it's what you do day by day by day. 
Here's an example of a contract that might be in your house. Johnny, go clean your room. No. Johnny, if you don't go clean your room, I'm going to take away your PS3. Johnny goes and cleans his room. That was a contract counteroffer to his contract counteroffer. You see how that worked? It's the same concept. Now, before I go any farther, Marty, do you have anything to add? Nope, I'm listening. Go ahead. All right, moving on. One of the things that we have in our society now, and I've talked about extensively, is we are suffering under trauma-based mind control. Okay? When people are in fear, they will make decisions based on emotion rather than logic and reason. Okay? Now, again, what have we seen for the last two years? We've seen nothing more than their contract offer and people putting up with tyranny. It's that proverbial, we're going to go two steps farther ahead than we've ever gone before. Except it's not just here in a different state. It's not just in the United States of America. But it's gone global. And because it has gone global, we've had a complete changeover in mindset for most people. Now, if you've been listening to Marty and me, you know we've been calling this a scam since the beginning. Literally, the beginning. You can go back and listen to the early shows in March or April of 2020 and hear us talking about how it's all a scam and whatever they're going to offer here and the injections you don't want anything of. Okay? But I'm not here bragging about the fact that we know what was going to happen before we have it because, again, you've heard me say it. I'm not psychic. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not sitting here reading TVs. I'm just following the agenda of a criminal conspiracy that I've been following for so many decades. It's second nature for me to see it. Now, I don't always know how the bells and whistles are working in the beginning, but it sure doesn't take me too long to uh, start digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And Oh, so that's what they're up to. Okay. Remember, in contracting, you have the unlimited right to contract, but you also have the right to reject the terms of the contract. You have that right. Now, when I say you need to really take an appraisal of your life and decide at what point they are going to have crossed the line with you, that is going to be the point that you're going to say no more. I don't care what point that is. I can tell you when my point was. I watched three buildings come crashing to the ground in 2001. And I knew on September 11th, the day it happened, that it was a false flag operation. The day it happened. And I says, never again. I am not supporting terrorists. And as the years went by and I continued following the conspiracies after conspiracies, notice I'm not calling them theories because they're not theories. They're proven factual conspiracies. You end up seeing where the contracting they're doing is an offer. And you've heard me say it again and again here on the show. They're offering you slavery tyranny, and an early death. 
That, ladies and gentlemen, is their sales pitch. So what do we have to do in order to get people to think outside the proverbial box, that programming that they've been indoctrinated with since they were born? Remind them they have the right to choose another path. They do. We have the choice. And this is why I sit here and remind everybody, you are only as free as you want to be. And, it, you know, I get all these people that are doing all these different paperwork, this, that, or the other, to try to contract their way out of this slave system. And I remind people, ladies and gentlemen, you don't get out of a slave system to contract. Because you're now looking at it from being a legitimate thing. It's never legitimate, folks. Enslavement is not a legitimate thing. But it's highly profitable to the criminal class. Change has to come in your mind. Being a slave or being free have to come from your mind. Within the last few days, there's been a story that's been circulating on the alternative media. A young man in his, uh, I think, early 30s got himself one, two kids, I don't know. I believe it was a kidney he was needing, and he had somebody willing to give it. But because he would not get the injection, they will not do the surgery. And he'd already been on this thing for several years, this uh, donor's thing, for several years already. He actually recorded a phone call with this heartless witch on the other end of the phone. That's how it was shared. And you know what his reply was? I would rather die free. I would rather die free. We have to ask ourselves how much we're going to put up with. See, this hoax narrative that's been going on for the last two years, it's completely falling apart. The facts are out there now. They're out there. All these people that died early on, these elderly, the people who were put into hospitals, they weren't killed by a fictional virus. These people were murdered by design through a process mandated by Anthony Fauci, who knew that the program that he had chosen to use was designed to shut down people's kidneys and kill them. Why? Because he needed a body count of real bodies for this pretend virus. And he got it. And the study that he pointed to, he pointed to the study, showed that the medicine, which was the only one that was permitted to deal with this quote-unquote COVID-19, showed that the victims of it originally, years earlier, 
didn't make it. What have you heard me say here on the show again and again? They have to tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Why? Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is the contract. They are making you a contract offer. Now, they're using fear, they're using propaganda, they're using all of their resources to get you to follow their lead. This is what they're doing to you. So when I'm sitting here standing, screaming at the top of my lungs, stop consenting to the tyranny, that's what I mean. But it's not just something that It's not just words. You can't just lip it. You have to live it. You have to be in that right mindset. We're not doing this just for us, folks. We're doing it for our young people and anybody that comes after us. And you have to realize this is much more than just killing people in hospitals and retirement homes. This is about making sure future generations are sterile. And again, this is also known by Fauci, and that is also coming out now. Now, we have a known eugenicist from a eugenicist family who told you years and years and years ago that they would use this stuff for one purpose – 15% was his goal, although I think it was much higher, but 15% was acceptable for him to mouth it to the public. And that was that little geek who likes his computers, who creates viruses for his computers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a criminal enterprise, and when you tie all of the strings together, and all the parties involved, Bill Gates is at the center of that. And I don't care if you're talking the Crime and Death Corporation. I don't care who you're talking about with regards to doctors and nurses and stuff like that. Why are all these doctors and nurses that disagree with Tony Fauci's bullshit, Bill Gates' agenda, Why are they being silenced? See, real science, real science is always controversial. Always. All right, let's look at the facts. And that's what we're supposed to do, right? To have a theory and then start applying that theory and seeing if we can prove our theory. That's the truth. See, I never have a problem with conspiracy theory. I have a problem with when I get to the point from a conspiracy theory to proving the conspiracy, they still treat it as a theory when I've proven it as a fact. Contract is supposed to be full disclosure, a meeting of the mind, mutual consideration, and autographs or signatures of contracting parties. Now, if they came out and told you literally to your face, we're going to kill you, would you accept this or not? 
Now, if you're rational, you say no. But if they do it kind of subliminally and around the edges and all that kind of stuff, we have people stampeding to self-terminate themselves. We have now insurance companies, and that's a scam in and of its own sense, who are refusing to give payments to the insured beneficiaries because the insured individual died because of the shot. Death jabs. Well, they told you the side effects. Go ahead. Could I add something to that? What they're saying, the insurance companies are saying is they will not pay because this was a self-inflicted injury. In other words, suicide. And they will not pay. And it's holding up in court. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So using trauma-based mind control in early 2020, down businesses, lock people in their homes. Well, this destroyed most of these businesses because, remember, small business is the engine that drives hiring. 75 out of every 100 new hires was created from a small business. 75 out of 100, ladies and gentlemen. The corporations don't give that much. And you look at how corporations like Walmart or some of these other places, they don't pay their employees anything. And if you look at the history of Walmart, you'll discover something else. Not only are they really pathetic employers, but there was a a video that was circulating for a while showing where they were literally forcing their people to work off the clock under the threat of losing their jobs. And that was a lawsuit, and they lost it, folks. But do you think these people cared? No. That's unique to Walmart? Oh, come on, no. I hope you're not that naive. But aside from destroying businesses and destroying employees, and now what they're doing is they're throwing inflation into it. Let me give you an example of that inflation. We're talking trillions of dollars here. Okay. Now, the Fed had a balance sheet in February 19th of 2020 of $4.17 trillion. That was February 19th of 2020. By the 3rd of June 2020, okay, we're just talking a few months, folks, their balance sheet had exploded to $7.17 trillion. Now, that's the Federal Reserve, folks. Now it's just a few months. Now, what are we seeing? If you look at a graph at the amount of money, quote-unquote, there's no such thing as money. Remember, folks, Federal Reserve, no negotiable debt instrument, liability to the United States Code, United States Company, 12 United States Code 411. Think about what it's done since the 3rd of June of 2020. If you look at that graph, it looks just like a hockey stick. Most of the graph is flat. 
and all of a sudden you have a spike that goes almost straight up. Now, the Fed has been buying up anything that hasn't been nailed down, as have all of these other corporations and countries. And again, Marty and I have talked extensively about this, so we're not going to get into it much tonight. But using contracts, they have sold this country out. When we sit there and we point to the Internal Revenue Service, of which um, they now hired all these extra IRS employees, and they want to know if you've had $600 in activity in your bank account. Guy pretending to be president of the corporation. What's going on there? Again, that's the fee for using their fiat currency. That's their fee. It doesn't go to the friggin' government. Not in any sense. It goes straight to the owners of that currency. Who did say they owns that currency? The Federal Reserve. That's why it's called a Federal Reserve note. Was a noted negotiable debt instrument. This is the game. But again, that is a contract. And when we sit here and we look at our quote-unquote how we got to this point, we can do – it's so easy to do to tie the pieces together. The original contract, the crime of 1873, we were under a bimetallic system, gold and silver. In the crime of 1873, silver was removed as a way of paying back debt. Now it was gold. And what have you heard me say a thousand times on this show? Gold is the banker's money. And remember, it's a tier one asset now under Basel III rules for the central banks. And I'll talk about Basel III in a few minutes. Silver is the people's money. And debt is the slave's money. What's in your wallet? And when you accept the terms of the Federal Reserve note contract, this is something they won't tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, that note is for use of the Federal Reserve and its subsidiaries. So when I tell you that you are a banker, you say, what are you talking about? I'm a banker. Yes, you are. You, ladies and gentlemen, are a extension of those banks. You sit there and you read that legalese paperwork from that whatever bank that you think you're banking with. You read this fine print in knowing the language. All of a sudden you realize you don't own anything to begin with, but you're using a foreign corporation's private script. You sold your soul to the company store was a song that went way back. And we forget in our history because they don't teach it. Well, there were all kinds of incidences over the years. There was a big one there in West Virginia where some coal miners were being so badly abused, they finally fought back. Okay? And this is the goal, to keep people enslaved and in poverty. That's part of the contract offer, folks. 
That's a part of it. And when you think about something, aside from the fact that they're scamming us because they create money out of nothing, and then they charge the government and charge each one of you interest on that, great business if you can get into it. Wonderful model for the bankers. Disasters for the rest of us. On top of that, they have this thing called inflation. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just another tax. Why? Because it's a debt-based system. You always have to create more and more and more of the currency to pay back the debts. That really ain't debts because there is no money. But again, we're not getting into that tonight. And anybody who's done any shopping at all at the grocery store has seen the packages get a little bit skinnier. They're trying to hide it as best as they can. The ounces keep shrinking a little bit and a little bit, and the price keeps going up. See, inflation, they say, is a rise in prices. No, ladies and gentlemen, that's not what inflation is. Inflation is an expansion of the money supply, and they've been exploding it. So going back to what I was talking about, we had the crime of 1873 to start with. Gold. Only way we can pay back debts. I've talked about it again and again. Vulture capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. They came in and steal everything. That's exactly what they do. They let the party run. They give away the money as fast as they can. And they pull out a rug from out from everybody. A contraction of the money supply. And everybody who went into debt, whoosh, guess what? You just got caught in their little news and they hung you out to dry. Step two. More inflation, more deflation, more depressions, more economic turmoil. 1907, U.S. Inc. went bankrupt, had to get bailed out by the Fed. Marty and I talked about, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase coming, or J.P. Morgan coming in and saving the day and how J.P. Morgan was a puppet of Rothschild over in England. Rothschild was, of course, the banker for the Vatican. But again, we're not getting into all that tonight. The point of the matter is, that was round two in 1913 when it all came because people were tired of it. They figured it all out. Oh, we're not going here. So what do the bankers do? Says, well, there's going to be some banking regulations. Why don't we be the people that, buy, that do it? So what do we have? We have a couple different things happening. The people that were opposed ended up on a little journey on a certain ship, which may or may not have been the Titanic. It wasn't, by the way. It was a sister ship, but that's beside the point. That went down, big chunk of the opposition now gone. No big deal, right? Next, it still wouldn't have passed, even with big chunk of the opposition gone. So what do they do? They pass in the middle of the night, just before Christmas, when most of Congress is gone. Well, now you have it signed into law by the puppet in the White House, who years later regretted that choice, by the way. Now the Federal Reserve was active. 
But you see, even then, the Federal Reserve was limited in its power to produce money. But again, the contract wasn't met by the Federal Reserve chairman or his board of directors. And remember, they may answer to Congress, but they don't work for Congress. Never, ever, ever forget that. And it was a congressman in the early 1920s that was trying desperately to impeach the Federal Reserve. It didn't happen. But again, that's step two. They'd also gotten us into a world war. Great for business. Disastrous for government budgets. All wars are bankers' wars, ladies and gentlemen. Never forget that. And when the military-industrial complex got in on the act, they said, oh, this is highly profitable. Man, we don't want to let this one go. Man, producing all these guns and tanks. Boy, that's just big bucks. Notice what happens every time there's a quote-unquote threat of a new war. You wonder why the military-industrial company, different companies out there that support that system, their stock goes up because they're expecting billions of dollars in government contracts. Ladies and gentlemen, there's that contract word again. Moving forward, 1933, brand new dictator in America taking his oath of office. His opening speech. Today is a day of national consecration. And I got into that again on this show over and over again. In a nutshell, nation is not the country, it's the corporation. Consecration means you're working for the Vatican. We're not going to spend time there. What was his first action, ladies and gentlemen? He recalled all the gold. Contract offer. You either turn in your gold or we're going to do bad things to you. That's threatened duress, but that's beside the point. And back then, there was all kinds of naive people. Oh, yes, my government needs me to turn in my gold. Let me take it in. And all those pieces of paper circulating as currency, they weren't notes, folks. They were acclaimed to gold. They recalled those too. So after the Fed had access to all of this gold, very little gold was still outside the system now because back then we trusted our government then too. Mm -hmm. What happened? Oh, that's right. They changed the price of gold from $20.63 to $35. Windfall for the bankers to come in and steal even more. Windfall for United States Incorporated to spend even more while stealing from the population. The real holders of the gold who turned it in because they trusted their government. Mm-hmm. Contracts, ladies and gentlemen, better know what's going on. Otherwise, you'll make the wrong decision. So now they stole this gold. Now, there was still silver circulating as quote-unquote money. 
But when they did that, all the contracts, which since the crime of 1873 that were on gold, were now void also. What happened after that? Well, since we've now taken the gold out of circulation, there's no way to pay back any debts. Federal Reserve notes are not money, as I've already explained over and over again. So what do we do? When you see the common law, courts of record were still everywhere. Well, we can't let that stuff stand, man. That'll interfere with our schedule or an agenda. So what do they do? They start looking for a court case to put in front of the Supreme Court. Lo and behold, right on time, here it was. See, two things happened under the criminal banker Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a New York banker and a puppet of the banks. One, his new deal that the contract offer, ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't figured it out. Of course, there was no benefit to the people, but it was sure beneficial for U.S. Inc. and the bankers. His New Deal agenda wasn't doing very well in the quote-unquote Supreme Court. Well, that's an easy enough fix. We're just going to add a few more people to that proverbial court so that my agendas will go through, which is exactly what happened. Going back to the story from a minute ago, the court case, you've heard me talk about it again and again, the Erie Railroad decision took common law courts of record out of the court systems. Now, did they tell people that we've now moved into what I like to refer to as maritime admiralty, constructive contracting, and racketeering for our kangaroo courts? No, they kept that hidden. They kept it hidden. Did they bother to inform people that when today is a day of national consecration, that Franklin Delano Roosevelt hypothecated every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, and all of their property to stand as the debts of the United States Incorporated. Hmm? You folks do know that at one time, people did have a lodeo title to their properties, right? They owned them outright. They weren't owned by the corporations that own them now, masquerading as governments. See, that's why it calls you a tenant that's a renter, even when you think you bought the property. That's why you pay property taxes. Contracts, people. It's all contracts. Well, so after that, what happened? Some of the most important attorneys were brought in and informed of what had really transpired. And about this time, Henry Ford, who was a favorite of Adolf Hitler, by the way, Ford truck uh, engines were running Nazi equipment overseas, by the way, to the war. Ford sued the United States Incorporated because they blew up one of his plants over there in Germany. You know, it didn't matter. There was a war and I was producing all kinds of stuff to kill American soldiers. That didn't matter. But anyway, that's beside the point. So we have a situation now where they've changed the law. There have always been two laws. Actually, I think it was three. If you read the Constitution, 
what we, the people, used to have was called the Article Three Court. Read it in the Constitution. The other court, like I referred to as the Maritime Admiralty Constructive Contract Court, well, that's a contract court for business. And when you were enslaved, you were pulled in, you were press ganged to serve the corporations, guess what? You were thrown into the world of contracts. That's why when I sit there and I explain to you, the all capital letters name that you think is you isn't. Only five things an all capital letters name can be, and I've said it again and again. The name of a ship, the name of a corporation, a dead body, a slave, or a title to assessed Q by trust. That's it. And when you walk into one of the maritime admiralty constructive contracting and racketeering fraud kangaroo courts, you are looked at as being all five of those things because you don't know there is now a trust involved. And you're the trustee for the trust. Now, the appointed trustee is supposed to be the black rule, to be the beneficiary. You are. But you see, they don't want you to beneficiary. They want to be the beneficiaries. They want to hold you liable. See, you're the trustee for the trustee. That's what it boils down to. And the prosecutor is acting like the executor. But you're not taught any of this, not in any schools. They don't explain it to you. Now, if you go and create a trust, they'll kind of tell you some of the details, but they won't tell it you how it applies in your daily life. Because everything is trust law now. What is a trust? Contract. What is a corporation? It's a form of a trust. Contracts are everywhere. You're surrounded by them. Next form of a contract. You've heard the word by the hour. Employees work by the hour. I want you to add one little letter to the word by. B-U-Y. Add that U. Buy. Your employer is buying that hour from you. And when you go to work, you do what the employer tells you. Contract. You don't do what the employer tells you. Sit around playing on your phone, which is happening a lot more these days, rather than working like you're supposed to be doing. Going your own way, doing your own crap. Guess what? You get fired. At least you should. Because you contracted to work for somebody for whatever the terms of that contract are. Your local economy, and this is what I've been trying to get through to people, the world that you knew of 2019 is gone. It's never coming back. There is no way it could be brought back if all this insanity stopped this instant. Too much has happened. Too many changes. 
You're going to have to start thinking outside that box. This is why I tell you to start networking with people. Find your local farmer. Contract with him. Find your local rancher for your meat. Contract with him. Recently, there was an incident where a guy that was had milk cows told they weren't going to be buying his milk. What did he do? Rather than losing all his cows and throwing all that good milk away, he opened it up to the public where the public had come in and buy it directly from him. He sold out. Problem solved. He saw it outside the box. I need all of you to start thinking outside the box because your world that has already been impacted in so many ways, many that you probably don't even realize in the last two years, is only going to get worse. Right now, they're hiding the fact that a bunch of truckers are running up in um, Canada, sending a message. But even that's going to have repercussions because those trucks aren't going to be able to leave anytime soon. Why? Two reasons. One, the truckers, the reason for this is a protest over the injections, the mandated injections. And if you're in America, you can't cross over. And if you're in Canada, you can't cross over. And remember, folks, we get an awful lot of stuff from Canada. And the Canadians get an awful lot of stuff from us. These are the facts, folks. I was on a job site a few days ago. One of the things I noticed was the fact that the wood, the two-by-fours, the big pile of two-by-fours came from Canada. When I saw that, I said something to the guy that was running the job, and I said, listen, be aware that you're going to probably have to pay more for your next load of wood. That's the facts, folks. But when you've got the right thinking and you start preparing for all the bad things that are not just already happened but are still happening, we can get through this. We don't need the middlemen. We don't need to be buying from overseas. We need to start keeping it local. We need to start realizing that we used to be a world this country used to literally produce most of the things taken in by the world. We were an economic powerhouse because we produced goods and we produced food. We used to be called the breadbasket to the world. In World War II, if it hadn't been for all the Americans building all the airplanes and all the tanks and everything else, World War II would have gone a very different way. Russians were getting us stuff. The English were getting us stuff. Navies, our Navy wasn't out there, trust me. English Navy would have been sunk to the ocean. All those wolf packs. They're changing the economic model, ladies and gentlemen. Two steps forward. They'll back it off a little bit. This COVID narrative crap is almost over. It really is. 
It really truly is. But as time goes on, we're going to see more and more of this. And more and more truths come out. And people, the dominoes are falling faster and faster. While they tried to censor people like Marty and me, and they did a fairly good job for the longest, they weren't able to do it indefinitely. We figured out how to circumvent some of their little programming. We changed how we spelled words where people would still get the message, but the computer algorithms couldn't keep up with it. This is just another global economic reset, just like World War I was, just like World War II was. It's all the big scam. Credit default swaps, if you're not familiar with what that is, that's debt instruments traded for other debt instruments, and it's all basically worthless. Okay. Right now, stocks and bonds are all crashing. Why? Because interest rates are supposedly going up, according to the Fed this year. Remember, folks, the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve and the United States Treasury just merged last year. Now, you can find it out there, but it wasn't blatantly blasted out there. And you wonder why this world is crazy like it is? See, prior to that, the bankers couldn't raise interest rates. Why couldn't they raise interest rates? Because U.S. Inc. couldn't afford to pay the interest payments. Well, now that the two are merged, there's nothing stopping them. I'm having flashbacks already of the 1970s. Now, I was just a little boy back in the 70s, but I got all kinds of education from my old man who lived through the 70s. Tell me all about that jackass out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Carter. We're having the same crap happen that happened then. And we forget what happened shortly after that under Ronald Reagan. We had a guy named Paul Volcker that became in charge of the Fed. What did he do? Oh, he jacked up interest rates. And when he jacked up those interest rates... You're talking mortgages at 15 to 18%. You have credit cards now when the banks are borrowing it next to nothing. And the banks are charging 18 to 25% interest on credit card debt. Not a contract, people. Not a contract. The Fed has been manipulating commodity prices. We've talked about J.P. Morgan Chase manipulating gold, silver, and other commodities. That's secondary. I call the COMEX the CRIMEX for a reason. But it's all coming down, folks. The dominoes are falling fast. I'm not sure how long they can keep this little shell game up. One of the shells games that they've been playing on us is they've been selling the bonds into the market. Nobody has been buying those bonds, so they turn around and buy them right back. It's a shell game, people. It's a big shell game. But real people are suffering because of it. 
They're inflating the debt away by creating all this extra money. And they're going to be stealing all these properties. The balance sheets of the banks under Basel three have to balance. See, because if they mark to market, that means they sit there and put a price tag on something. It has to actually be worth what they say it's worth. In other words, if I'm holding a silver dollar and it's worth 25 bucks, I have to mark it as $25. I can't say it's worth 300 which is what the banks have been doing for decades. Well, Basel III is changing things, or at least in theory it is. So you say, John, what's Basel III? Basel III is a set of international banking regulations developed by the Bank for International Settlements in order to promote stability in the international financial system. Basel III regulation is designed to decrease the amount of problems that are out there in banking. But here's what they're not going to tell you in that little description I just gave you. The new system, the global economic model, is based on a central bank digital currency. And that central bank digital currency, folks, is going to change everything because it's all electronic. It's all going to be, will you be able to use your electronic digits in whatever form they come in to buy? Will your social credit score be good enough that you can go shopping? Will your health be good enough that you can order that cheeseburger you want? Because you're not going to pay the boy down the street to mow your lawn in dollars. It's all electronic. This is why the cryptocurrencies, crypto death currencies, because they, bankers, are running game on people and experimenting. Okay, this the people seem to like, this the people don't seem to like. Oh, this formula works better. This computer program seems to be working well. I read an article years and years and years ago, back when Bitcoin was just a few dollars. And it was an article written by somebody who was brought in to a group of people to discuss Bitcoin by the bankers. And they started doing the math. They started doing all of this work. And the final report they turned over to the bankers basically told the bankers everything they needed to know. This is a new world those were going to threaten their little monopoly. How do you get control of what's coming? You take control of it. Bitcoin is just one of many that has been taken control of. It's just another manipulated thing now, folks. It's just another manipulated. There is nothing real 
or tangible there. It's electronic digits the same way the Federal Reserve notes are electronic digits until they're put into the form of a cloth with a little bit of green ink and some dead people on it. But it still means nothing. But it means something when they take that and they turn around and use it to buy real and tangible things. So ladies and gentlemen, my question to you is simple. You have the ability to contract with these people. You also have the ability to reject their contracts outright. You don't need their system. But when they break this system and they aren't intentionally breaking it, change the world without breaking things. They've broken the economy. They've broken people's psyches. They've broken their local economies. They've broken governments. They've broken everybody. A few are making trillions while the rest of the people suffer. Do you want to be tied into these lunatics and psychopaths that should be right now standing trial for murders and crimes against humanity? And I don't like the word human, human, hue of man, color of man, monster, thing, something that can be owned. And remember, every time that somebody took that damn injection, whoever produced that little injection now controls that body in the sense that, oh, You've got my product inside of you. That means that I partly own you. Another contract, folks. Of course, they didn't tell you about it, but that's the truth. We can do this, but it takes us to be educated Contract with each other in ways that don't involve harming other people, murdering other people, enslaving other people. I and I have covered all of these things in past shows, so I'm not getting into it tonight since we're running out of time anyway. The point is, folks, contracting is very straightforward. And if you go back in history... To American history, what do you have? We went to war not over a little bit of tax on tea, not because the king was irritating us too much. They didn't want us to have our own money. That's a fact. See, in America, you had English stuff running around, you had French stuff running around, and you had Spanish stuff running around. But you didn't have anything American. We didn't have a quote-unquote mint until 1793, I believe it was. That's a long time, people. And you'll notice the first thing to establish authority and sovereignty is your own bank, which by default is your own mint. But you see, they don't even produce anything much anymore. Most of the coins that are produced are base metals, not gold, not silver. 
Now, you can buy gold and silver, but you sure ain't getting it for the face value that's on it. Silver Eagle's running about $36, $38 with tax. Has a face value of a buck on it. Same with the gold and the silver. Quarter Eagles, half Eagles, double Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, focus on the priorities in your life. What is the hierarchy of needs? Food, housing, and then you can go from there. You've heard Marty and me talk about this as global economic reset is designed to destroy. You've heard us talk about the Hunger Games being a real agenda. You've heard about us talking about how Bill Gates is buying up farmland not to grow vegetables but to grow his GMO crops. You've heard us talk about how ranches are being shut down so that Bill Gates' GMO and factory-grown science meat can be produced. This is a full-blown war, folks. And in order to survive this war, we not only have to know what it is that's being done to us, but we have to realize we have to start putting our faith and trust in each other again. And we have to know how to contract. Back to you, Marty. Yeah, this is a lot of this was quite interesting. Um, like I say, I have to go back again to my main concern, which is the guardianship abuse. And you talk about uh, the capitalization of the name. It's only five things it can be. And I've reminded everyone that when you get anything from an administrative court, everything is capitalized, the name of the court, the name of the state, and the target, uh, whoever the victim is. All is capitalized. But if you get a notice from, say, a superior court in your state, it's all spelled with the capital letter followed by lowercase name, state, court, the whole nine yards. And I've tried to explain to people that this goes way back to Roman times when they capitalized your name in all capital letters signified you were a slave and you had suffered a civil death and you had no rights. And that's exactly what these notices from these administrative courts are telling you. You're dead in the law, and you have no rights, and we're going to do whatever we want to you, and they do. Uh, It's just so much of this bears on what I deal with on a regular basis of how people are affected and what they don't understand about the law. The law was never meant for you and me to understand. Like John keeps telling you, it is legalese, it is a foreign language, and it is meant to deceive you and trick you. Otherwise, why would you use it? Why would you use all of these antiquated Latin phrases and terms in law? It should be plain and simple, but it's done to keep you out of it, to keep you from accessing it. That's exactly why it's done. It's a code system, and you're not supposed to know the code. And you talked about um, also John Elodial titles about 10, 12 years ago when – I was dealing heavily with agriculture, and they were trying to push premises ID, and I kept trying to explain to people, premises is a word from contract law. Property is a word from constitutional law. 
and that, that it was in the terminology. So if you signed up contracted, and I kept telling people you're signing a contract for a premises ID, you were forfeiting ownership of your property to the USDA acting as agent for the federal corporation. And, of course, everybody thought I was nuts. And then up in Wisconsin, they were signing people up to premises ID and unbeknownst to them and then notifying them later. So people started trying to FOIA the information. Well, John Podesta set up an Oracle database up in Canada and had all that information stored there. So they said, we don't have to give you FOIA information because it isn't stored on American soil. My point here is we're constantly dealing with this trickery. It's always trickery because people who have, um, what do I want to say, nefarious things in mind always use trickery. They cannot be honest. They cannot be truthful. They cannot be frank, outright, outspoken. It's always spoken in this code. It's always spoken to deceive you and trick you into doing something that if you knew all the aspects of it, you would not ordinarily do. And why we have tolerated this, you know, John, one of the things that I think has really irked these clowns behind the scene is when they first set up the Internet and they started putting all these government documents and everything else on site, and there was concern, why would you do this? You know, what if people, oh, they're never going to go. We were too lazy to go and look at these government documents. Turns out to be historically the most trafficked area of the web. People do want to know. The second thing they started accessing was the law, not what they teach in law school, but the actual law. So when they did that, of course, they started shutting down various sites and things and denying people access to it. And then they tried to corner it by saying, you know, I'm an attorney and join my little club here and I'll teach you all you need to know. You don't need to go out there looking around. I'll tell you what you need to know. And people quickly figured out they were getting taken to the cleaners. But with all of I can say about social media that's negative, the one thing about it is people have started researching and they're digging in and they're looking. And they're teaching themselves. Uh, you can see this in the Bar Association's response to people who, um, you know, come into court pro se representing themselves. They're indignant. How dare you? How dare you do this? We had a corner on this. And the idea that people can access the same information they can almost entirely um, and utilize it. Uh, is is absolutely making it fools out of these people. It, I almost said a naughty word there. But anyway, what I'm saying is that information is out there. And, of course, on these shows, we continually give you more information and background and history so that you have a handle on what you are looking for and why you are looking for it. And you start, as John said, putting the pieces together. And you figure out we have been swindled since day one. We have been swindled. We trusted this government. John, I've talked before about like when I got out of high school, which has been many moons ago, but I got out of high school. And, of course, I graduated thinking the whole world was my oyster. How lucky was I to be, you know, in the United States and I could do anything I want. I could be anything I want. And there was just this energy about your whole life being ahead of you, possibilities, were possible. But you see these kids today, if they graduate, 
they know little to nothing about anything because that was intentional. And they look dumbfounded at what's going on, and they just follow along because they have not been educated. We didn't get all that much, but we got enough to know when wrongdoing was occurring. We got enough to know when things were going off the rails, but they don't teach the kids anything now. And I think one of the greatest things we can do was with our children and grandchildren, however it works out, is to talk to them, talk to them and explain to them what's going on, how it's going to affect them, why they're doing it, who's going to end up in the dirt behind what they're doing, because it all matters. Uh, We can't keep teaching kids Greek mythology and story, creative story writing. I mean, that's real nice if that's what you're into, but this can't be a prerequisite for an education. We should be teaching banking how it actually works, credit how it actually works, the damage it can do to you, why they would extend you credit, what they're hoping to happen if you get credit. There's there's so many things. We, we aren't taught about the judicial system, how it actually operates, and what a bunch of crooks these people are. We are not teaching our kids anything fundamental that they need to know to survive today. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And we have even removed like home ec classes and they used to have like uh, auto shop and welding and woodworking. If you wanted to take any of those things that you could develop a career or trade out of, they've removed all of that. Anything to do with homemaking at all, how to run a home, how to manage your bills, budget your money. None of that is taught anymore. That's intentional. That leaves you right where you are today. People who know nothing from nothing are being told something. And they have no choice but to believe it. And they do believe it. I I don't know. Um, we've just got a couple minutes here. John, did you have anything you wanted to say in closing? Yeah, again, folks, let me remind everybody, if you have a few extra dollars, please send some via PayPal to ppj1 at hush.com, ppj1 at hush.com. You know, Marty does this impeccable work. He is so critically important to this movement of exposing the truth of what's really going on. And, you know, her voice is incredibly important. Her guests are what they have to talk about. Most of this wouldn't be out there if it wasn't for people like Marty. And Marty is one of the very few that's talking on so many areas that other talk show hosts won't even think about. And she's been doing it for so long. And it's like she was talking about at the beginning of the show. She doesn't want to move because she's in fear fear of what they will do. They will shut her down or they will mandate what she can say or not say and she's not going to go down that path. But we need to support her, ladies and gentlemen. We need to support her. Um, And Marty, you're so right when you sit there and talk about how they abuse these people in these old folks' homes. I mean, it was all about killing everybody in the initial stages. And there's not much to do for those who are gone. But remember, folks, this has not even begun to really get started. And right. we're the ones that are now standing in the way. See, we're the ones that are going to determine our future, ladies and gentlemen. We will determine whether tyrant suffers under tyranny or we're free. We will. Yeah. It is the nature of the beast, and it's going to take all of us working together to put an end to this tyranny. And like I keep reminding everybody, stop consenting to the tyranny. The criminal class can't win. Back to you, Marty. 
Okay, we got just about a minute left here, and I want to remind everybody if there actually was a pandemic, if there actually was this terrible virus circulating that it was highly infectious and transmissible and, oh, you could get it, stay home and lock your door and cover your face and don't breathe and don't talk to anybody. We have massive homeless populations all over the country, yet they're unaffected. The only people dying are in hospitals, nursing homes, jails, prisons, places where people are captive. Think about that. But you haven't seen anybody dying on the street in their homes or anything else, and nobody to this day can give you any verifiable evidence that that virus even exists. We've been sold a bill of goods, and I hope in my lifetime to see Anthony Fauci frog-marched into prison. It's a dream I have. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. John, thank you for everything tonight. As always, it was great. And we will talk to you all next week. Have a good evening, everyone, and good night.